Are you seeking more energy, inspiration, wisdom? If so, you're not alone. Each episode is a glimpse into the live discussions we're creating at TogetherWeSeek.online. I'm JJ Geronimo, a lightworker and curious soul, interviewing some amazing practitioners and lightworkers to explore inspiration and ancient wisdom with the goal of illuminating our knowing, brightening our path, and further manifesting our work. Hello, hello. I am so excited. It's JJ here, and I'm so thrilled that you're joining us once again at Together We Seek. Today, I have Mary Reynolds Thompson with me. She is going to be talking about a topic that I have not even yet dove into myself. So I'm super excited to talk about archetypes. But before I do, I just want to say hi to Mary. Mary, how are you? Thank you for joining us. Oh, JJ, so good to be with you. And I'm doing really well in rainy Marin County, California, where the skies have been opening and we have had a true drenching of late. Oh, gosh, the weather. I love the weather because I just I feel like I can always feel my skin. I feel like I try to tap into whether it's raining or snowing or sunshine. I think it's such a powerful tool to just get present. It is. It is. So before we jump in, I can't wait to hear your story, but just to give everyone a little taste, can you tell us a little bit about what archetypes are? I'd be delighted to. So archetypes are really energies or patterns of being. So for example, if I said to you, someone is a warrior archetype, you would understand immediately that they might be the first one into the fray, that they're not afraid to tackle situations, so on and so forth. So we have all kinds of archetypes that live within us. We have the victim, the warrior, we have Hestes, we have Athena, we have the classical gods and goddesses. All of these are representing ways in which we operate in the world. In my work, I have taken this into landscape. So I work with five archetypal earth energies, deserts, forests, oceans and rivers, or the waterways, mountains and grasslands. And these also live in us and also help shape us, provide insight and help reveal, you know, why we're here, what we're here to do in this world. So when you know your archetypes, it's like decoding an aspect of the self. Oh, so-and-so's always blah. I'm, I always seem to be blah. So you can be really possessed by an archetype, which is a little scary because you become too intensely this one thing. But you can also, once you become knowledgeable about archetypes, say, well, great, I seem to be totally in this mode. Would it serve me to try and activate and befriend some other kind of mode of being? This is so interesting. Now, we've done a lot of work with birth charts, astrology, human design. Do you use any of the same data points to understand the different archetypes? No, I don't. I think all of those things are really interesting. I personally love the Enneagram, for example. Um, And I think people can make correlations between like, you know, I'm a two on the Enneagram, which is the very much relationship and stuff like that. And that tends to show up as the grassland archetype or the grassland woman archetype as the one who's always weaving connections. So 
these archetypes, because they're archetypal, because any of this work is like archetypal astrology, is dealing with these large patterns of being, right? These large ways of being. You can connect the dots um, between them. You can say, oh gosh, as a warrior archetype, I may be more mountain than I am desert. Right. You can see the correlations. So you can do that, but I don't sort of that isn't my portal in, if that makes sense. So how do you determine when you meet with somebody or you do a practice with them? How do you know what their type is? Well, I don't think I go around typing people much like the Enneagram. You really need to sort of self type. And the reality, the reality is that we don't um, just possess one. So there is a real danger in becoming overly limited, saying, oh, gosh, so-and-so's, a, for example, a desert woman. She's always, you know, her place is uncluttered. She loves silence. She needs a lot of alone time. She can get a little prickly like the cactus, all of those things. And that is absolutely so in that moment of being there, she may be exhibiting a very desert-like um you know, pattern of being. But on the other hand, you know, at the weekend, she might let her hair down and 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 invite everyone around for a potluck and she would be more in a different kind of landscape. So I don't go around typing people. I don't think that's useful. But typing yourself is really exploring these different archetypes and thinking very deeply about which ones you resonate the most with and which ones scare you the most, because that's equally important. Fear also has an energy. And so, for example, in my life, I've been very much a mountain woman. You know, give me a challenge. Give me, um, and literally in my life, I've climbed a lot of mountains. So I, I'm like, you know, this kind of approach, I can really do that. For me, the softening into grassland woman, into just being in a field of community and interrelations and connections and interdependencies is a bigger challenge. You know, I know how to do it alone, but what's it like to do it in community? And that's a place that I'm really looking at now. So we have these push-pulls between different archetypes. And um, it's just awareness is the key to all of this, mm. you know, is really I agree. Aware. Yeah. And that's really what the community is for and the women that join and seem to participate is they're just seeking more information about themselves in ways that can help them maneuver their path. It's really true. I once read this incredible um, quote that says, if you don't have a metaphor for something, then you don't know what it is. So what happens with archetypes is that they give birth to metaphors. And a metaphor is just saying one thing is like another. So if you call somebody a desert woman, that is a metaphor of a whole way of being. But without that metaphor, how do you talk? How do you engage with that concept of solitariness? of the need for space and quiet and so on and so forth. Um, so I think 
archetype also gives us language to things like our inner psyches that are very hard to talk about because it's like, you know, we say to people, how do you feel? Oh yeah, I'm fine. Because it's really hard for any one person to actually tell you what's going on in here. And we've become as a very literate culture, we are actually really bad at the language of the soul, right? The language of the psyche. We have, we have, but archetypes open up that conversation. Mm, I love that. I love that. So I'm going to dive more into that. But before we do, I'm sure you did not, you know, come out of education, get into the world and start talking about archetypes. So how did this emerge for you? Yeah. How did you guess that, JJ? It's not. (laughs) No, I didn't. For years, I actually worked in advertising and marketing and I became a branding expert and I named all kinds of things. Um, you know, helped to name cars and movies and all kinds of things. But what I realized is you are dealing with metaphor and myth and archetype in the branding business. And oftentimes companies would come to us and say, um, we don't really know what the product is yet. It's kind of this thing. Give us the name and we'll create the product to fit the name. So as a lover of language and a lover of nature, I had these two great passions going in my life, right? Um, And then 2001 happened and we saw, you know, the Twin Towers come down, the kind of landscape of the world had changed. And I realized that I just didn't want to go on being part of this problem that I saw, which is an overconsumptive culture, that we are literally using my talents and my skills with language to consume all the resources of this wild planet that I love so much. But like, where do you go from there? Right? You know, so somebody said you'd be a great life coach. So I didn't know, nobody knew what life coaching was back in the 2000s. I said, okay, great. I'll take the training. So I did the training and I I didn't not like it, but something was really missing for me. And that was the connection to nature and the connection to language. And then I stumbled upon this thing called poetry therapy. Who knew? And suddenly everything synthesized for me. And I immediately was drawn to the great nature poets. And I was fascinated by how their lens was on the outer world but they always returned us to our inner worlds. And this dance between inner and outer nature became, to put it mildly, sort of an obsession for me. I became truly fascinated. And I wrote my first book about the earth archetypes in 2014, which was Reclaiming the Wild Soul. And then more recently, um, in fact, just a few months back, a Wild Soul Woman launched, and that was a sort of eco-feminist perspective on the landscapes and the archetypes. So this work of connecting the world outside of us to the world inside of us just became my thing. 
I love that. I love that. And honestly, really parallel to what I work on, right? So my third book is really about working from the inside out. I've spent Mm -hmm. the first two books talking about, you know, how to manage when you have young kids and then you're trying to work and how do you keep yourself going in the right direction? And then my next book is how to get promoted. And then I really felt this pull to just say, wait a minute, like, that's all great stuff. But if you don't have the inside right, the outside is a pure reflection of the inside. Absolutely. And it's so interesting you say that, JJ, because my thing is, how do we rewild the world if we don't rewild our own psyches? You know, how do we bring nature back to flourishing if our own nature has been wounded in such a way that we're not in contact with that most alive, creative, resourceful part of us? So, so yes, definitely shifting consciousness is so important. We just show up differently. Yes, definitely. And so a lot of the work that I'm doing now is about being present and being mindful Mm. and managing your frequency because so many things can alter that in a split second. (laughs) That is the truth. Yes, absolutely. So did you, how did the five new archetypes come to you? Yeah, and they're really actually even more than new archetypes, they're earth archetypes. So in a way, they're really ancient, right? They came before all the other archetypes that we think of, those classical ones, you know, the animus, the anima. They're they're really ancient. Um, And what happened was I just began to think on an archetypal level, and I kept wondering why if there were these archetypes, these landscapes which we know you know, tell me the landscape in which you live, and I will tell you who you are. You know, that we know that that what we are drawn to in landscape reflects something inside of us. And why, why wasn't that out there? You know, why weren't people writing about this? You know, the poets were getting very close, but nobody was really naming them. So this, I began to work with people around archetypes and and the five that emerged, which are the ones I've already named, were the ones that most commonly came out of the groups that I was working with. So obviously there are other landscapes and there are other minor landscapes within these larger landscapes, but essentially they these ones emerge, but they also emerged in an order. So for example, in a wild soul woman, I really saw it as a rebirthing journey so that in you begin it in the barren worlds of the desert. And this is the place where when we're making those changes in our lives, the first thing that has to happen is you have to get rid of things. You have to discard. You have to make space for the new to, to seed itself. And that can be old beliefs. It can be all kinds of things. Um, so it's it's this barren, empty space where you get to be with yourself away from all the influences that shape us. And for women, that's particularly hard, right? We live in a culture that is always telling us how we're supposed to be women, right? So then you get to the dark womb of the forest. And this is this place of imagination and incubation. And of course, the desires often, once we make a break from something, to leap into something else. But the forest sort of says, slow down. You now have to go into your own flesh and bones to discover what's there, what you truly believe. 
And then we go to the waters breaking as ocean and river woman. And that's where passion, love, that energy that you're talking about leads us in the direction. It's we have to make contact to that passion, which is often being damned in our life or culverted, which is just sent underground, right? So how do we get in touch with that deep longing inside of us again? And then we move to mountain woman who's about giving birth. So she's about manifesting. She's about, you know, speaking out, taking action, changing our behaviors in the world, right? And then we return to grassland woman who's all about nurturing what's being newly born in us. The only problem is that's often the hardest part of the journey, because as you know, you have a change and you come back going, hey, everybody, look, this is wonderful. You know, I, 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 this is what I know now. This is who I am. And people go, oh, I'm not so interested in the new you. So you really have that challenge now of finding that community, that niche, which actually is a word that comes from the word finesse, to nurture you into this new born being, into this new place in your life. So it's a, so the order that they come in originally is, is kind of a real journey of transformation. And then you go back, you say to yourself, ah, oh, I need more desert today. I need more ocean and river today. You know, you, you get to weave and wind, but to see them as an arc of a journey is also really useful. I have this amazing retreat space by the water that gets pitch black at night. And I am envisioning going through these archetypes with a group of women with you there because I feel like it has all the elements, including walking up on the hill to really help people get immersed in the evolution and the journey of each of them. Absolutely, JJ. I think, and quite honestly, particularly with a wild soul woman, um, it is a book that people are saying to me, I'm gathering the women, we're doing this in circle and community. And to be in a physical space is such a privilege where you can actually be in touch with the different landscapes. Absolutely. Just gorgeous. And the book is filled with practices and journal prompts and rituals and all kinds of things that enable anybody to create something beautiful like that. I love Well, that. I'm sure people listening are going to go out and check out a wild <laughs> soul woman, because yeah. I think all of us are looking again for more information, but more connection to self and more alignment for what is coming because it's coming. Uh, yeah, it is. And I think it's kind of here. And um, I think that we women have a particular part to play in this. I really do. And I think that this whole idea of women who are not just now connecting to themselves for the sake of the self, but for the sake of the greater good, for the greater community, for their families, for their neighborhoods, for their ecosystems, for the larger planetary good is so important. You know, we, we have this deep rebalancing that has to happen. We've been so, you know, the patriarchal mode has hold, held sway for a long time and it has not led us anywhere good. And that doesn't mean that men are bad. It just means they're also victims of a system 
of domination and oppression and exploitation. And we women know differently. You know? We do. We do. And we're transitioning from the fifth son to the sixth son, which the fifth son obviously has been ruling for th- hundreds of thousands of years. And that is very masculine energy. And the sixth uh-huh. son is very feminine, but also uh-huh. very earth-based. So healing Ooh. the earth and bringing the earth back. So you're starting to see all these sh- really frequently situations happening with women across the world. But I think it's on purpose because it's getting us to pay attention. I think it, we are being definitely woken up. And yet it's sort of interesting to me because when I put this book out, um, a lot of people said to me, well, isn't it for men too? And of course, men can read this book if they're interested in the wild feminine, as can anybody read this book. But it's it's written for women or people who identify as female because our experiences are different. And it always, it struck me, it was like when the Black Lives Matter movement arose and people would just say, well, all lives matter. But that was a huge discounting of a particular experience. And I think women need to come together to heal their wounds from patriarchy in order to really root into their deep and ancient earth wisdom and strength and power for this, for what is, as you so rightly said, is coming. And and we need to do our work together. And then we'll bring everybody else on board. But first of all, we need those safe, sacred places where we can do the healing work that we need to do to move forward. This is amazing. I had no idea what to expect. And I am just energized by your work. I'm energized by the archetypes and I feel like there is just so much access to information that was not not really available to women even two decades ago. So it's I think it's a really exciting time for women right now. I agree. I think it's a really exciting time for women. And I think that one of the biggest things I can say about that, and I'm sure you feel it too, JJ, is we have to do this together. You know, women have been taught to compete, to compare, right, in very painful ways. And that has to stop. We literally, it's not about it just purely individual changes anymore. We have to link arms and rise as one. This is the way that we'll make changes. So I love like a conversation that you and I are having because we're each doing the work, but together there's a more to it. And I I can't say that enough, maybe because I grew up with such a sense of competition. You know, maybe I'm just speaking to myself, but I feel like when we think we're never enough, which is what women have been taught, then it makes it way too easy to strike a sister down. But we can't do that. We need each other and we need to lift each other up and support each other and protect each other because we are beginning to stick our necks out. And it's a scary place to go. It's very, very vulnerable. I say of mountain woman, it's the most vulnerable place. You are completely exposed, right? And all kinds of things will come at you, especially in this social media world we live in. It will happen. 
But when we stand shoulder to shoulder with our sisters, you know, like a great beautiful mountain range, we're good. I can feel that. I can feel that. I know everyone can feel that listening. That is so true. And I do think we have lifetimes of energy that have been holding us back. But now is the time and the resources like your book and the work you're doing and the work that so many are doing here and listening in. It's not on accident. It is not on accident. And the women that are ready and have the frequency that can tap into this knowing it's going to happen fast. I really believe over the next five to 10 years, things are really going to start moving and it's going to take the gatherings, the support and the love um, to make it so. Yeah. And I love that you said love. Absolutely. Yay to that. Well, I would love to explore with you doing something with me in Vermilion, Ohio, on the water. It's a sacred piece of land. And I really believe that there's, it's just a perfect place to take this conversation further and really do some of the work that can give women the wings they need to fly. JJ, I would love that. Mm. Well, thank you so much for joining. I know people are going to want to find you. So can you tell us a little bit about where that can happen? Best place is to go to my website, maryreynoldsthompson.com, and you'll find every which way to connect with me and see what I'm up to in the world. I love that. And I'm going to definitely go back out and visit that again now that we've had this conversation. And I'm going to head right over to Amazon and get your newest book, A Wild Soul Woman. So I'm super excited about that. Thank you so much, JJ. Thank you. Thank you. And that's a wrap. See you again here and over at togetherweseek.online where you can join live discussions with energy practitioners, healers, and spiritual leaders. See you there. Thank you.